You're 11 years old with your parents at the theater seeing the most popular movie in the country. When all of a sudden, the characters on screen start doing some sort of naked karate. And then the woman on screen starts moaning and screaming. You're not exactly sure what's going on, but you know this is a bad time to be sitting right next to your parents. You slide down in your seat. There is no escape. This is real sex. Ooh, that sugar sweet. You got what I need. Sipping on the potion. All that good emotion. This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel. I'm Dr. Noel Pomeroy, a clinical sexologist and a licensed mental health counselor. I'm going to be talking to guests about sex scenes from film and TV that they find the most memorable. Maybe it's because it caused them to have a personal epiphany. It could be a scene they watched a hundred times for research purposes, or perhaps it was their only ever exposure to sex ed. Who knows? Let's find out. My first guest is both a wonderful person and a fellow mental health professional. Also one of the biggest movie fans I know, and she happens to be my very good friend, Mary-Kate Winnick. Welcome. That was a very kind intro. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Hello, I'm excited. You can give me my payment later. You brought uh, a couple of movies. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. particular sex scenes in it. Uh, what's the first movie you brought? Okay, so the first sex scene is from Jerry Maguire. Think came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. And I was five years old. And do you want me to tell you the reason, like why I brought this? Absolutely, sex I do. Scene? Yeah. So this, the sex scene is between uh, oh, Tom Cruise and Kelly Preston. Kelly right? Preston, yes. And she is his girlfriend in the movie at the time. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it is the first ever sex scene I saw with my parents. And I was five years old and they uh-huh. brought me to uh, the movie theater with them to see this movie, which they claim was, uh, they thought was a family film. And mm. so I just remember them like, covering my eyes, covering my ears, putting a jacket over me because of this particular sex scene. And still <laughs> to this day, I'm 30. I remember, I don't remember this. I didn't remember the specifics necessarily, but like the screaming and it being a sex scene has stayed with me. Yeah. So. Cause the, the scene itself is Tom Cruise is kind of up against a bookcase and Kelly Preston is, and he seems to be standing and she's got her, her, her legs wrapped around him. And she's screaming and moaning really loud. Yeah. She's screaming, keep like, fuck me forever or something. Yeah. Loud at the top of her lungs. And what I find really interesting, I think, as a sex therapist watching this is it's a little bit shamey walk going like right into it because the scene before is little innocent Renee Zellweger beforehand saying, oh, whoever he's with must be a really classy lady. And then, you know, got her <laughs> screaming and everything. And, and you have the dog going like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, the parents like being mortified kind of reminds me <sighs> the very first time I ever remember being mortified. I was older than you were. Um, when I was younger, my parents were divorced. My dad would get us every Wednesday and he would take us to see a movie without fail every Wednesday. We had pizza and then a movie. And I don't remember who picked it. I don't remember why whoever picked it, but we went to see the movie Threesome. 
and it was the nineties. <laughs> so I know I was a teenager of some age. It was uh, Josh Charles, Stephen Baldwin, and Lara Flynn Boyle. And basically threesome means threesome. And Stephen Baldwin's character is so vile the entire movie as far as just everything is sex and you know he humps chairs and stuff and <laughs> my dad is so square he is like oh, Mr. Yeah. Rogers and so oh my gosh it was so humiliating and then there's a fine the final threesome at the end where all, the three of them have sex together and I wanted to crawl under the seat so badly and I remember years later my dad, my brother asking my dad, like, why he took us to three so many. So I thought it was a, bu a buddy movie. <laughs> I think that just like proves how square your dad is that like, it didn't even occur to him that something called threesome would be that. But that's what, like, my parents are so weird because they tell the story like all the time. I think it's one of the reasons that I remember it probably as vividly as I do, because I was five, is that they told it to people. Like we saw this Jerry Maguire movie we took Mary Kate with us and there was this great like it it just is such a to me an odd story to tell that now also in my memory I feel like it's the first time I remember being embarrassed mm -hmm. is like oh yeah sexy which probably isn't very healthy actually but that's my <laughs> I mean at five you might have been wondering what exactly is going on here but not necessarily but I knew it's bad here yeah <laughs> um you know, as far as like the, the use of sex in the movie and I, I'm thinking like, there's nothing about the scene that I would say is like blatantly wrong other than they sort of equate the fact that she's not classy with the fact that she really likes sex and she's boisterous, which is not necessarily the case, but uh, her character is kind of a piece of crap uh, as we learn further into the movie, which as a five-year-old, I have to imagine that scene aside, you probably are bored to death in that film. Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly, I have never, other than rewatching the sex scene for the, these purposes, uh -huh. um, I want to be clear on that. I have not watched the movie again. I think I it's kind very of like, like I should. It's very likely when your parents had that and the, the screaming and everything, you just dissociated and you don't remember the rest of it. You yes. went to your own safe place. My own safe place of the world. I do yeah. have a sex question about it, though. Not really a question, I guess more of a comment. I, I just, I feel like, and maybe this just shows that I'm a prude, but you have a bed, you have a couch, even the floor, like, it just seems like such an odd position, like uncomfortable, like he's holding her up, she's like, her legs almost look like they're on the bookshelf, I just like, it doesn't seem that fun to me. I think when it comes to that position, it's really important that, that the size differential makes sense, because I'm sorry, yeah. There is no way on this planet that a Tom Cruise is holding up uh, a non-tiny woman. Yeah. And yeah, Kelly Preston sure. is, you know, RIP Kelly Preston. But yeah, she, yeah. Um, she's very tall and she's built like a model, yeah. but she's, I, I don't know. I think she could probably bench press Tom Cruise, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, I think it works better when you have a real tiny person, yeah. not like a, not like a little person, but like a smaller person. Yeah. But it would work there too. Yeah. It's I'm a woman of size. I would have to have like the mountain from Game of Thrones before he <laughs> lost all his mass. Maybe that's my problem is I will never I have I have never and will never experience that specific situation because I also am not gonna be hoisted up. Yes. But maybe it's a good angle. 
Maybe it is. Brought them to it. You know, know, it could, it could be, um, but you could probably get just as good of an angle from, you know, the bo- person on the bottom sitting on a bed or with their back up against something. Yeah. It's, That's you know, the position of the legs doesn't really affect the angle of an erect penis. Well, second movie that you brought, which I doubt many of our listeners have seen because it wasn't a huge hit. What is it? So disobedience. Yes. The only reason I saw it is because it is about women falling in love. Literally the only reason I saw it, but it, it's um, about uh, these two women who have been part of like a Hasidic um, Jewish community, I'm pretty sure. And, mm-hmm. and them kind of coming back, uh, getting back in touch. And, and I think they, if I'm remembering correctly, continuing kind of their love story from maybe when they were like teenagers. And uh, I guess the reason I picked this one is because at the time I had watched it, I had not, you know, I'm in a relationship now getting ready to get married, but I had not been with a woman at that point. And I knew I wanted to be with a woman and pretty much any like film that had two women sleeping together, I was watching, if that happened, I was like watching it in an informative, with an informative gaze, like trying to learn from it, I guess. Um, Thinking like, okay, so this is how you like, this is what I'm going to do when I get to that point. (laughs) And so when they finally have sex in this movie, which they like really building up to it, I was feeling that way. And it started out pretty good, but then it gets to a certain point where things just go completely off the tracks, which do you yes. want me to say what it is? Well, let's talk about that in a second. First, just want to, okay. uh, so Disobedience is a film from 2017, okay. um, kind of an artsier film with Rachel Weiss of yes. the mummy fame. Mm-hmm. And also she has a Oscar for the constant gardener and uh, Rachel McAdams. So Rachel and Rachel, <laughs> Rachel wearing a wig. They both are wearing, very yes. obviously wearing wigs. I think that's the thing. Anyway. So the two of them appear to have some sort of sexual past and then they decide to get together and have sex for the first time uh, in a long time, probably first time you even as adults. And steamy, did you think it was steamy? Oh, steamy, yes. (laughs) Leading up to that, the situation that we will discuss, I thought it was very steamy. Yeah, it's there fun, were, I mean, in my opinion, but there yes, was a lot of over the clothes sensual touching. Oh, talk about steamy over something about over the clothes gets me. I don't know what it is. But. <laughs> <laughs> lots of over the clothes sensual touching, lots of yes. Rachel McAdams facing away from Rachel Vice and Rachel Vice oh. kind of reaching over the front the of reach around. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, the, a lot of reach around, fully clothed reaching around. Deep kisses. I mean, deep. Well, I think the deep kisses were to get lots of saliva oh, God. started. I don't so even like that, that word. <laughs> during the da da da, um, we were already a little bit informed about the saliva. So tell me what happens. So hot and heavy, they make it to the bed. The scenes are, it's kind of cut scenes a little bit. And all of a sudden, Rachel Weiss like hawks up a loogie basically like like she builds it up it wasn't just coming out and she proceeds to spit slowly it drops slowly from her mouth into Rachel McAdams mouth and then it happened again Rachel 
McAdams now still on the bottom is opening her mouth as if to say, please, sir, I want some more. And Rachel Weiss totally baby birding, totally totally baby birding. And Rachel Weiss like works it up again and slowly drops. I mean, I have so much to say about it. I don't even know where to start, but slowly drops a like a wad or string of spit, maybe is a better way to say it, into Rachel McAdams' mouth. And there's kind of some moaning happening while it's happening. Like, well, yeah, Rachel McAdams likes it. Loves it. Which is like, if someone unexpectedly, which is what we are led to believe this is, because we did not see a conversation beforehand where they're like, hey, let's try out this new thing. If someone, if that happened to me, I would have rolled away so quickly. I, I can't even imagine. And she just was in it. She loved she really, it. Really did like it. And I sound judgmental. And I think that if it's between consenting adults and nobody's getting hurt, I do what you want to do. But it was shocking. It was shocking. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, um, as someone who has worked with many clients who enjoy a little bit of saliva, maybe a lot of saliva during their playtime, um, it's not my pre- personal preference. So I actually felt a little nauseous. Yeah, me too. Watching this, but I, you know, I was doing a little bit of research after I watched this scene and. There was actually an article in a relatively well-known magazine. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was L. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. But it said that there was this 38% of women have experienced unwanted spitting during oh. sex. What would lead so, someone? Now, what did they, they say whether it was like straight couples, same-sex couples? It didn't say just that. women? Yeah, I don't know. It just, it just said women in general. But, you know, the consent part is huge there because you need, if you're going to do something different than you have Mm -hmm. done before, or you're going to do something. And I would consider spitting to be a little bit outside of vanilla and it's involving more bodily fluids. I would say you have to get consent before you would do that. You can't just surprise someone with that. No, but Rachel McAdams didn't seem surprised. It was like she was expecting it, but I just don't know how that could be. I don't know, maybe when they were together in the previous life, when they were older teenagers, maybe there was lots of baby birding going on. I'm not sure. Um, although isn't baby, oh, baby birding has to do with throw up, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. But... Does, she just looked like a baby bird. <laughs> she did um, have the very like perched lip. Yes, she did. But I have to imagine, cause I mean, spitting, I don't think anyone would disagree that it's gross and there's a, a submissive to the being spit on as like a submissive, potentially degrading activity. So that has to be what the appeal is, right? Because there's people who really dig that. I guess so. But it seemed, I mean, it seemed different to me than like if someone said, oh, I like, like, I like to be spit on when I have sex. Like that's what I would think of too, like kind of that degrading, like sort of the rough sex. But this was like very nurturing. Like it did not feel like it didn't seem degrading to me, oddly. I mean, it grossed me out, but mm-hmm. it was just, it seemed like they were very connected in the moment. Like I didn't even really necessarily feel a strong power dynamic, which could just be me. Mm-hmm. But it it just seemed so different. Is it would you yeah. say it's a kink? Like, would you consider that a kink? I, I think maybe. Yeah, it's in the BDSM family. I don't think it's necessarily like in, you know, this extreme. particular spitting, do you feel is in the BDSM family? 
I don't know, because it, it did seem very intimate and intense. Granted, no, I, BDSM can be as well. So I guess. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I don't know. Uh, I just know that um, I'm, I'm glad that you still, after seeing this part of the scene, still decided to go on and be who you really are. Well, there was some questioning there. I won't lie, because I thought if this is what I'm going to have to do, <laughs> I don't know that I'm cut out for it. And... <laughs> Luckily, I realized quickly that it turned out that this is just something people named Rachel enjoy. And so you brought a third scene from, yeah. this one was an Oscar winner, right? Oh, I, I think it won a couple of awards, honestly, that season. What is this one? It's Piranha, well, I actually have been just calling it Piranha 3D, but it's actually Piranha 3DD, yes. <laughs> which I think should let you know how excellent it was. And I will say also on a porn site, which will be crazy for many reasons that we will get to, but So this film was released in 2012 and it stars uh, a couple people that aren't super famous uh, to the mainstream, but I'm gonna mention Katrina Bowden or Bowden. Uh, She played Cherie on 30 Rock, my favorite comedy of all time, Uh, Ving Rhames and podcast god Paul Shear. There's a lot of piranhas in Piranha 3 Double D, as you would guess. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the character, you said it's Shelby? Yes. Shelby is swimming and a piranha unexpectedly swims up and inserts itself into her vaginal canal. Okay. Would you say that I said that correctly? That's correct, yes. Um, and she does not, she knows something's wrong, but she does, she's not aware that it was a piranha that has entered into her okay and so she's not feeling good she's had some sexual chemistry with this guy it's I'm not sure how much of it you watched but right before the sex scene really starts she's laying in bed like her stomach is upset um and she's not feeling good and she's kind of saying did she have something bad to eat that night or was it because there was a piranha in her vagina yeah yeah I would go ahead and and probably uh and she just had like no idea that an entire fish had swam inside her mm-hmm. but she's saying to the guy I something's wrong with me I really don't feel well but I don't want to die a virgin so will you please have sex with me and come inside me she very specifically asked for that okay while having a stomach ache so as then it does yes, as when I know <laughs> when I feel like I've eaten too large of a burrito I am down to go to pound pound um <laughs> But she... So what happens when they have sex? So they start having sex and she starts feeling worse and worse. And all of a sudden, he's just still going at it, which was creepy. And all of a sudden, you see see something moving in her stomach, which the anatomy in this seemed a little off. And then he starts screaming, takes his penis out of her vagina, and he has a piranha attached to himself. And then he proceeds to chop his penis off actually to get the piranha off which seems like not the direction I would have gone but so the question is actually what about this scene struck you (laughs) (laughs) that you thought it was a good scene to talk about how did it impact you it impacted me deeply actually I was uh changed from watching this scene it just stuck in my mind it just was so insane it was so insane a, that she didn't know a piranha had swum inside her. 
that she wanted to have sex because her stomach was hurting so bad she thought she could die Mm -hmm. and she wanted to have sex and then that the guy was willing to have sex with her at that point and that the how could the piranha stay alive in there well, these are all science questions that they're all perfectly plausible explanations. I think we should have had Bill Nye as a guest on. <laughs> so let's get to the sex, the clinical part of all of this. Okay. Okay. Please. So first of all, I in the scene where they show the piranha before it swims up into her vagina, this is not the size of a minnow. No, it's a it's decent sized piranha. So logistically, physically, I would say like the say, size of your of a grown man's fist. Yeah, I would say if a piranha were to gain up enough speed and momentum and have the correct angle to get into your vagina while you are just mm-hmm. swimming, yeah, um, skinny dipping. you would definitely know a piranha has entered in your vagina. And frankly, definitely. it's really not going to happen. So the other thing that cracked me up was the when you told me about this clip before I watched it, I was thinking anatomically because you know, you enter the, uh, through the labial lips into the vaginal canal, and then you go back far enough, there's the cervix, you're not going any farther than that, right? Going any so further. I was imagining if a piranha was going to be in a position where during intercourse, it w- could actually bite the penis, it would have had to have like shimmied backwards up to her vagina, and well, then like what if- turned on her its rear view camera and like, ee, 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 back to her <laughs> vagina. Because once you're in there, you're not doing a U-turn. Well, I just thought of this. What if the whole time he was having sex with her, he actually was inserting his penis just over and over again into the piranha's mouth, but it was kind of like pulling its teeth back as one does. Well, I think what they show in the scene, which is the other anatomical issue. Oh, right, 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 film, yeah. That it's like it, up in his stomach? This is the only problem with this movie and only this only problem with this scene. Singular problem. Is they show when she's laying on her back, she's got a bra on, but she's got no... Uh, no pants on Mm -hmm. they show the piranha underneath her skin going down from like between her breasts down uh, like almost like you can see it swimming down towards her underwear and um, unless you have a severe problem that we call something like a recto vaginal fistula something is not going to go if something goes through your intestines it's not like it there's just like oh I'm going to turn right and go into the vaginal canal here well, no, maybe so, that's exactly what the film writers were thinking of, an erectile, oh, whatever rectal it is that you just said. Yeah, that's probably written into the script, actually. Oh, you know what? There's probably a scene where they explain <laughs> it. So, I mean, the piranha would have had to basically like chomp its way through, which is disgusting and everything, but they didn't, they didn't make it seem like that. It was just like, there was this long tube that goes somehow from in between your, you know, your chest cavity straight down to your vagina, but you're your, va- your vaginal canal is its own entity. Yes. And in all my years of studying sex with fish, um, no, sorry. <laughs> oh, I was going to actually be like, oh, really? Like, please. Yes, we watched this film and The Shape of Water over and over oh, again. And we, yeah. Beautiful film. Yes. Where so, is the hole? Is what I want to know. Um, yeah, there's really not much reality in this other than um, when, when people feel very, very, very sick. Um, you know, generally we're not saying like, hey, hop on. This sounds like a really good time, you know? I would think you'd be very like, and not in a good way, like very clenched up tight down there and in in like a yeah. stress. And it was like no foreplay. Cause it was literally just like, all right, let me jump on top of you and start fucking you. 
like yeah. and she's screaming at one point she's screaming like something's wrong and he's just like talking out loud at a very I can't remember everything he was saying yeah, I didn't make a lot of, she wasn't being much much louder than the woman from Jerry Maguire though so I mean maybe and you would think if a piranha more. was making u-turns in your cervix that you would probably be screaming more and then she dies which was very sad and she like has this like seizure almost I'm like that would happen that would happen within 10 minutes of the piranha swimming up into your vagina I would think if it ever made it that far I mean if it if it yeah if it found its way to your body I'm not even sure I mean the 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 width of an opening that we would I think he might die too actually it's a lot of blood loss if you cut your does the piranha die because the what did the piranhas breathe for you know there's not enough water in a woman's vagina well these are like crazy radioactive piranha that live off blood and stuff I think I don't know um, in an upcoming episode which will remind me probably of of this piranha 3 double B, I per, I expect one of our guests to come in with teeth if you're not familiar with the movie oh, teeth I'm familiar with I've actually I'm I've never vagina seen actually it. has teeth Mary Kay I am so grateful for you to come on and um for the very first episode of real sex and talk about these awesome and uh slightly disturbing but a lot of fun life-changing yeah <laughs> This has been another episode of Real Sex with Dr. Noel. Feel free to turn up the lights. Or not.